You're listening to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Barksdale. Hey, everybody. I'm Jack Barksdale, and you're listening to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. I'm here with Kelsey May and Evermore Ness. I'm really excited. I think this is going to be really fun. Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a gorgeous fall day here in New Orleans. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Yeah, I guess I'll just get right into the questions and see how it goes. Sounds good. Uh, Awesome. I mean, always a good baseline question to ask any artist, any kind of creative. You know, how did you get how did you get into this business? How did you get into music? That's a great question. Um, There's a lot of I guess, you know, you take a lot of twists and turns in your life and some some people know early on that they're, you know, meant to be in the music world and others of us takes a little longer to get there, I suppose. But uh, mm-hmm. I grew up um, in North Louisiana and I had a pretty uh, musical family. My mom played piano and sang in the church choir and um, I started singing and, you know, in church when I was really young. And so that's how I kind of got into performing for the first time. Um, but then, you know, over time, I think I realized probably as a teenager that I was interested in writing and um, interested in literature. And then of course that combined with my sort of innate love of music, just uh, those two worlds meshed and, and I started writing songs. Um, mm-hmm. But then, then I went to college uh, down here in New Orleans and I figured I would probably end up like a lawyer or something. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> um, but but somebody encouraged me to um, to go sing at a at a local open mic at at the Neutral Ground Coffee House, kind of a legendary place here in New Orleans. And uh, mm-hmm. one thing led to another, and and then the music life was born. No more no more law school. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. What would you say are you know some of your biggest influences in your music? How did they influence you in that way? That's also a really good question. I think that probably some of my biggest influences in terms of songwriting um, would be those influences that kind of hit me when I was when I was young. Um, I, I was a child of the the '90s, and and '90s alt rock was really a huge influence on me, uh, specifically artists like like Counting Crows, um, Tori Amos. Mm-hmm. Um, so so those are huge influences but then um i think kind of subconsciously i I was also heavily influenced by the music of the church that i grew up in um Mm -hmm. i grew up in a southern baptist church we sang traditional hymns every sunday and that's where i learned to love harmonies and Mm -hmm. and kind of these old folk um ways of songwriting and then also in north louisiana uh, being where i was i was also heavily exposed to to country and blues and um, so I think all of these things combined, uh, I, I had, I had a really heavy mix of, of traditional music, but also a really heavy mix of kind of alt rock and, <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, today my influences are just all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of course, Emmylou Harris and Gillian Welch are, are big influences, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, so are artists like Bonnie Vare. um, you know, right now I'm really, really into Bonnie Light Horseman, Anais Mitchell's new project. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, you've done some, some solo recordings in the past as Kelsey May. 
Mm-hmm. And now, now you've done two albums as Evermore Nest, and they're really great. I was kind of wondering, how did this Evermore Nest project come to be? Yeah, so I played as Kelsey May for several years. Um, you're right, I put out uh, three albums, I think, under that name. And I think those years for me were part of a journey of figuring out who I was, um, both as a person and as a musician and songwriter. Um, mm-hmm. And I think towards, you know, I, the last record I put out under Kelsey May was 2014. And probably I toured with that for a couple of years. And probably somewhere around 2016, I thought, you know what, I think this has really run its course. Um, I just didn't feel like those songs were uh, were quite who I wanted to be, you know, like, I think they're, I think mm-hmm. they're valuable. I think they're um, a significant part of my life. Uh, but I just musically, I didn't feel at home. And I, mm-hmm. Also, everyone misspelled Kelsey May everywhere. (laughs) And I think that someone went on like The Voice or American Idol as Kelsey May. So it just, it kind of like all these things kind of happened at once where it was like a lot of signs to point to needing a new sort of identity and musical sound. And, um, And I knew I really wanted to to explore the Americana scene more in terms of my mm-hmm. musical landscapes. Like uh, in my band, I have banjo and mandolin, and I just really wanted more of that country folk influence to come through. Um, uh-huh. So, so yeah, I I, um, I found that the name Evermore Nest came out of a poem that I that I was reading one day. Um, it was mm-hmm. just three words in the poem talking about a bird and. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful combination of words and that, mm-hmm. you know, it really stuck out to me as, as that feeling like home, you know, nest mm-hmm. as a home. Um, so that's where the name came from. And then, uh, of course, I think that actually came after going up to Nashville to work with producer Nielsen Hubbard. I um, mm-hmm. I'd heard some records he, he produced that were just sort of the epitome of what I was looking to do musically. Mm-hmm. And um and so, yeah, the, that I went and made a record with him and then, then figured out the, the new name and Evermore Nest was born. That's awesome. So, as you said, uh, you went to New Orleans for uh, college. You still live there. How has living in New Orleans kind of, you know, how, how has it influenced your music and kind of has it shaped your music? I don't always know, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Um, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to say. I, there's so much art here, so it's very easy to be inspired and influenced. Um, there's a lot of people making all different kinds of art. Uh, most people Mm -hmm. know New Orleans for its, its jazz and funk Mm -hmm. and brass band, uh, scene, Mm -hmm. but we do have a pretty thriving Americana, uh, scene here as well. And, um, we just got to you know, kind of highlight that a bit in Nashville at Americana Fest with our first annual NOLA by Nashville um, showcase, which we did. Uh, but it's it's an interesting place because musically, you can be influenced by any number of phenomenal musicians playing in any number of genres. But I think what influences me most about this city is um, mm-hmm. kind of the the perspective on life or the way people approach life here which is mm-hmm. all over the place <laughs> we have, you know we're really laid back um everything here is very slow 
Um, mm-hmm. People like to take stuff in. Um, and, and we have all these wonderful celebrations, you know, Mardi Gras and Jazz mm-hmm. Fest. And we have so many festivals down here. And it's just a, there's like a joy to life that, that is present here that's not present in a lot of places. But at the same time, there is so much desperation. It's a, it's a, it can be a very difficult city to live in, um, mm-hmm. particularly right now. We're in, we're in the national news right now for our crazy uh, amount of crime, um, and it's just. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I don't know. It's, uh, it's like it's two worlds at once, and I mm-hmm. think for an artist that provides a lot of. Um, um, inspiration you know i have there's an evermore nest song on the first evermore nest album uh called uh broken bones and uh mm-hmm. that song specifically came out of a flood that happened in new orleans and it wasn't um hurricane katrina it was it was a flood that just happened from a rainstorm mm-hmm. and the the infrastructure was so broken that you know, thousands of lives were highly affected because, you know, cars were flooding in the street, people were stuck wherever they were. And, and that was just, it was just a, such an exhausting moment, you know? Um, so, you know, it, it turned into what I, you know, one of my favorite songs from, from that album. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just kind of an interesting, it's an interesting place to live. Cause like I said, you, there's this joy to life, but then there's also this other side to it that, you know, for people like me who write a lot of sad songs, that <laughs> makes them pretty easy. Yeah, that's really interesting. Kind of talking about your uh, writing, specifically your writing process, I was wondering, do you have kind of like a a typical writing process, or like how the songs generally come to you? Is it, you know, like a, a line comes to you and that ends up being, uh, and then the whole song falls around that, or do you have you know, you, you sit down and think about, you know, what, mm-hmm. what, what does writing look like for you? It looks different depending on the day. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not one of those people who has a super um, disciplined routine where I, you know, this, these hours of the day are spent mm-hmm. trying to write or, or um, play music. I, I probably should do that. Um, <laughs> I know it benefits artists who do uh, but uh, most often for me, um, I would say it probably starts with a line, you know, first it starts with holding an instrument or sitting at an instrument, you know, um, mm-hmm. I don't often write lyrics without a melody. I would say the melody most often comes first, but sometimes, you know, if you have a line, a lyric that comes to you, you, you write it down and you save it for, you know, when that, when that melody does come and then you can write around it. Uh, so that has happened certainly, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think most often it's when it's when I sit down with an open mind at an instrument and just start playing and um, start singing, and um, and then you just hope that the lyrics follow. And sometimes they follow really quickly, and sometimes it takes years. Uh-huh. So uh, you have this new album, uh, and it's called Out Here Now. I'm very curious. You had a lo- a lot of really cool people playing on the and being a part in the album. What what's the story of this album? Like, how did it, what were kind of the origins or the roots of it? How did it come to be? Well, I, I, you know, I made that first Evermore Nest record with Nielsen Hubbard, and we had Will Kimbrough playing the guitar and the banjo and the mm-hmm. mandolin. And we I had love Will Kimbrough. Yeah, who doesn't? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, Kimbrough is just like a superhuman. Mm-hmm. But uh, we also had Dean Merrill on bass and and a couple other guys on pedal steel and fiddle. But I I just so that that recording process of that 2017 record um, was so I guess it came out in 2018, but mm-hmm. uh, it was just such a spiritual affirmation in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. It felt so good making that record with these people in particular and. Um, so when it came time, then the pandemic hit, right? A couple of years later, mm-hmm. toured on that record. And then 2020 falls on us and, you know, squashes every plans anybody had. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I didn't know yet what to do about the next record. I was still in the process of writing songs. Um, songwriting became a little harder for me. It took me a little longer to have enough songs for a new record. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the pandemic, I think, really kind of sucked a lot of energy out of my sort of creative psyche. <laughs> mm-hmm. But eventually, of course, I got that got that back. And um, and so a lot of these songs that you'll hear on this record come out of, you know, that frustration, that loneliness. Um, and some of them are written beforehand when we were touring with the, the first record. And um, so there's a, there's a lot of themes around, I think, loneliness here, some of which is from touring and some of which is from sitting, you know, not being able to be with people. And, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but once I finally had the group of songs together and felt pretty good about where I was, I, you know, I had thought long and hard about what direction to go with recording. I, I really, I've recorded the Kelsey May records all at different studios in New Orleans and they're all wonderful in their own rights, but I, there was something about going somewhere else to record um, that mm-hmm. I found really, really helpful, uh, helpful to get out of, you know, my home headspace and to just mm-hmm. really focus on the art. So I knew I wanted to do that again. And then, you know, I just kind of thought, I don't need something new, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So why not, you know, mm-hmm. call Nielsen and Will and and see if we can get the same group of guys together. And uh, and it worked out totally. And mm-hmm. we got the same group. We also added Fats Kaplan um, on mm-hmm. pedal steel and violin, which was just kind of blew my mind. He's he's so yeah, incredible. That's crazy. And yeah, so I'm very fortunate. I really got to record with some amazing, amazing people. And and they just, because we'd worked together before, you know, Nielsen and Will and them, mm-hmm. they, they kind of already had an idea for how I want this musical la- landscape to sound, like what textures I'm looking for mm-hmm. and moods. And um, so it, it was just real, it was real easy to to get back together and um, and turn these, you know, songs into these, you know, more elaborate productions that just feel I don't know, so warm and, I don't know, colorful. That's awesome. So you've been touring for, you know, uh, uh, for a long time and uh, been touring with Evermore Nest or as yourself. I was kind of wondering, because clearly you've gotten to do some really, really cool things. I was wondering what are some of the highlights or some of the coolest experiences you've had over the years? Hmm, I haven't really thought about that. Um... Yeah, I'm still I'm still probably what they call an emerging artist. So you know, my tours mm-hmm. have, have been a lot of the uh, DIY. You know, hit the road in your own car. Um, you know, as a duo or sometimes with a full band. But mm-hmm. uh, so I think my experiences have really sort of run the gamut, like like it is for most artists who start out. Mm-hmm. You know, on their own, you play yeah. some really terrible dive bars. 
and um, and then you play some really awesome dive bars, and you also get to you know play festivals and and whatnot. So I don't know. I think some of the coolest, if I have to think about them, some they're not all. I don't know if you're asking about specific um, musical opportunities, but like I remember in 2019, um, a particularly awesome moment was uh, my guitarist Dave and I were driving through. Texas, uh, it was a winter mm -hmm. tour and it was when the super wolf blood moon, I think that's what it's called. It was mm -hmm. an eclipse that happened, um, in January of 2019. And I just remember sitting outside of our hotel room. I want to say it was in college station and, mm -hmm. uh, and watching this just gorgeous, you know, um, cosmic, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, uh, process happen in the sky. And it was just like, such a really powerful moment. Um, I think it kind of mm -hmm. made me think about where I am in life and what does that even mean, you know, to be, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in this journey of life and how to, how to judge your journey or how to evaluate it and what's the point of that. And that's mm -hmm. kind of where the song on the new record, uh, coming along uh, that, that, that moment was particularly influential to that song. Um, but in terms of other cool moments, I mean, of course, the musical ones like playing Jazz Fest here in New Orleans or mm -hmm. playing Summerfest up in Milwaukee. Uh, we we played the Kennedy Center in D.C. on the 2019 tour. And, you know, That's awesome. moments like that really, they validate an artist like me who's, you know, taken a, a long journey um, to get mm -hmm. to this point, you know. Um, it's always nice to to feel validated in front of these large audiences that are just um so appreciative of of original music and um mm -hmm. and what we do so yeah, hopefully definitely. that answers your question <laughs> oh yeah totally cool yeah i don't have any don't have any hard rules on any of these questions i just <laughs> uh i just love getting to visit with artists and um just hear what they have to say so i have uh one more question i'd like i kind of like to know you know are you focusing on you know touring and kind of supporting this new record uh, that you have or are um are you working on some on some future projects uh writing some new songs or uh, is that is that a constant thing or are you taking some time off focus on you know touring with this new record yeah it's kind of a mix but i would say that i'm definitely focused on um on touring um we, this is October, early October right now. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'll be, I'll be up, um, doing some stuff in the Midwest and in the Northeast later in the month, mm -hmm. which is cool. And, um, I'm hoping to have, um, a Southeast, like we're working on a Southeast region tour right now mm -hmm. as well, um, for later in the year. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so definitely touring is, I think, the goal um yeah but um obviously songwriting i think is never really supposed to stop you know like yeah. <laughs> you know you're a songwriter and so you're always kind of tinkering with melodies and lyrics and things too mm -hmm. so um i i am traditionally a person who is not i'm not super prolific so i don't put out records every year um mm -hmm. you know. I usually take at least a couple of years, uh, if not like three between albums. And that's not like something I want to always be the case, but that's, you mm -hmm. know, when you're, when you're doing everything yourself, um, you know, it takes, takes longer to get the art kind of yeah. 
town and out and into the world. And the music industry is so tumultuous and so um, whimsical, but it has all these demands. And uh, and definitely mm -hmm. being on the road is is one of those. And that's like one of the most fun parts of the whole thing is yeah. being on the road and playing in front of audiences. So um, definitely that's more of the focus right now. What are some of your goals? Your goals for the future? Uh, you know, would you like to? You know, keep doing what you're doing, or do you have some ideas that you like to materialize in the next couple of years? Yeah, uh, I think I'm mostly kind of focused on growing what Evermore Nest is and and has become. Um, mm -hmm. I uh, I'm not right now focused on other projects. I will say that I I am becoming more open and more um, interested in collaborative songwriting. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I've started doing that with a couple of, of songwriters as well, which uh, I'm excited about that. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think the idea for Evermore Nest is to, um, keep making records and, and keep going on tours. We have not yet, uh, the pandemic kind of shut down plans for a, a Europe tour. And so it'd be really mm -hmm. nice. I, I still haven't done that yet. And, uh, it would be really nice to get that get that going within the next year, and um, so I'm just kind of focused on, like I said, growing um, growing as an artist and also growing, you know, our name and recognition. Mm -hmm. I'd actually like to ask you one more question. I just uh, thought of it. Okay. I'd really like to know the answer. I'm really curious about this. What? How would you define Evermore Nest? The artist or the name? Uh, I guess what uh, the artist is what this band or project what how would you define it well gosh jack is, or is there a definition <laughs> um i you know i oh, that's kind of hard to describe i i like to think of evermore nest as um as like gosh this is a really tough question I think if you had to picture it, right, I'd picture like, like a house on a hillside on um, like a warm place, right? But also like, you know, you can see the storm clouds. So it's not, it's, it's peaceful, but it's also got all of this. Um, it's not trying to be some idealistic existence, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Like you, I don't, I'm really into nature and, uh, Mm -hmm. And nature sometimes is brutal, yeah. <laughs> but it's also beautiful. And mm -hmm. uh, so for me, I guess Evermore Nest, like the art I'm trying to create is Evermore Nest is something that maybe reflects that, if that mm -hmm. makes any sense at all. I think that's great explanation. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so I'd advise everyone to go listen to the album. It's called Out Here Now by Evermore Nest. It's a really great album. Thank I you. really love it. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about before uh, we log off? Man, I I don't think so. I mean, I guess if people want to know more, they can they can go to evermorenest.com. Um, I got mm -hmm. lots of uh, videos. We did several videos for this record, and um, that's awesome. That's kind of that's kind of where the shows are posted. And of course, uh, we have all new merch for the new album, and um, mm -hmm. people can pre-order vinyl. So if if you got um, vinyl fans in your audience uh, uh -huh. there will be um, a vinyl uh, out here now and it's coming soon so um, people can check that out but 
Uh, other than that, yeah, it's just maybe follow follow us on Instagram and Twitter and come to the shows when we're in your neighborhood. Yeah, awesome. Do you have the shows on your website? Yep, yep, evermorenest.com. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been this has been really awesome. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you so much, everyone who's listening. Uh, once again, this is Jack Barksdale's Revival. I'm Jack Barksdale. I'm talking to Evermore Ness, Kelsey May, the front of uh, Evermore Ness. Yeah, this has been really amazing. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jack. <laughs>